0: Hello, welcome back, friends. I'm so glad to be back here for another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. My name is Luke Gerlach, and this is confession number 81, where we're looking at what does it mean to ideate? When I think of coming up with creative new ideas, I'm instantly transported back to my uni days. At the age of 26 years old, I was able to get into a mature adult program at a university in Sacramento, California, which is the capital um, of California. And my bachelor's degree was focused on organizational communications, which opened up a lot of doors for me. At that time, you could not get a degree in education. And to be honest with you, education was the farthest thing from my mind um, because being a child of an educator, I had a fixed mindset of what that life would look like in a small town for 30 plus years to stay vested for your retirement. And little did I know that this career would take over my passion and then I would spend about half of it abroad um, and also that I would follow in my mother's footsteps. Yeah, you always become your mama, so they say. And one of the courses um, in my um, bachelor's program that stuck with me was all about creative problem solving. I had the most amazing um an educator in that course. Her name is Dr. Virginia Kidd. And she was also my mentor for my course. And you could just see her spark to life as she was teaching this course because it was all about creative problem solving. And that's so important as we think about making lasting changes within an organization. And this course really examined something that Um, what she called a sacred cow, which are rules that are so successful that they become immune to criticism. And there's a lot of those sacred cows going around in the world. They are accepted as facts. And no matter how we try to present evidence otherwise, the wider society does not accept the evidence. It is what it is. It's been this way forever. Nothing you say can stop it or will change it. So the sacred cow is entrenched within culture and our underlying belief system. Now, a tangible example. For all my ladies in the house, is a Hallmark movie. If you've ever watched a Hallmark movie, especially at Christmas time, or and if you you know don't believe in Christmas but you watch those winter love stories, it's you know basically um, the formula is that um, we see you know a lighthearted, frivolous. Um, experience between two people and they usually don't like each other and over two hours they magically fall in love, right? Each movie is predictable with the same outcome. The main characters fall in love, right? And we know logically that real love takes a lot of hard work and it isn't always full of these big romantic moments and gestures and it requires a lot of compromise. Yet we continue to watch these movies because they're part of the construct of who we are. They are a sacred cow. We don't want to diminish that, right? That's why the rom-com exists. And to slay a sacred cow metaphorically, it requires a lot of empathy. We need to choose our words wisely because you're part of the process of unraveling an idea that means a lot to so many people within your organization. And when we define the problem or issue to be solved, it must be clear how the sacred cow of the organization is stopping it from moving forward. And once the team Gets on board and recognizes and concedes that this is a fact, that is when change happens. It's really important that we do this process slowly and full of empathy. And you may, you know, be, be asking a group of educators and school leaders to give up practices that are at the heart of who they are. Think about that. And that's really hard to take. And in the design thinking process, we recognize that the issue we have defined has not been previously dealt with correctly. Sorry, if not, we wouldn't need to define it. I hate to say, oh. And we may have tried to solve the problem before by examining maybe superficial symptoms or asking the wrong question to define rather than getting to the ultimate root issue. This takes process because it's like un, you know unraveling an onion layer by layer to really get to the root, what is the issue to be defined? And when we ideate, we have to think outside of the box so we can find alternative solutions that may seem far-fetched in order to move our organization forward. An influential text from my university course was A Whack on the Side of the Head, How You Can Be More Creative by Robert Von Uch. It is V-O-N-O-E-C-H. This book examines how we can be more creative in our decision-making, which is a huge part of ID8. 20 years later, after my university course, I still have a copy of the book because it impressed upon me so many Emotions and so many things of how to problem solve and how to create authentic moments. And that resonated with me. And it's a timeless message of creative problem solving that resonates today. More, I think it's more relevant today as we're facing so many changes uh, within the educational landscape. And Von uh, von Ock asks, why be creative Why challenge the rules? Why run the risk of falling, or sorry, failing and looking foolish? And that's a big part. That's why people don't want to ideate. They don't want to look foolish. And he continues and he says, I can think of two good reasons. The first is change. When things change and new information comes into existence, it's no longer possible to solve Current problems with yesterday's solutions. Oh, that hits home. How are we solving today's problems with yesterday's solutions? We can't. Even within the span of the last two years, we have evolved as a society, as a global community. We have never been so connected as we have within the last two years. The fact that we now feel just so comfortable utilizing a variety of digital platforms to communicate with people around the world that did not exist two and a half years ago. Think about that one. And he also says the second reason for generating ideas is that it's a lot of fun. And when was the last time you just cleared time in your schedule to come up with new ideas just for the heck of it? Carl um, Alley, an advertising legend, once um, stated, the creative person wants to be a know-it-all. He or she wants to know about all kinds of things. Ancient history, 19th century mathematics, current manufacturing techniques, flower arranging, hog futures. He or she never knows when these ideas might come together to form a new idea. It may happen six minutes later or six years down the road, but a creative person has faith that it will happen. So do you have faith when you ideate? You have to, because that is the heart of everything we do in the PYP. We take ownership and we take agency of the process, and that's a big part of ideate. How are you taking ownership of what's happening in your organization and say, well, the things that we've tried in the past just didn't work. We made good strides. We learned a lot, but the problem is our root issue still is not solved, so we're going to have to think differently in order to solve the problem that can put some people on edge because then they internalize it as what? You think you have a better idea or my ideas were not good enough and it hurts feelings. And that's why we have to start slowly with empathy. Empathy, empathy. So with this in mind, my friends, we ideate to creatively solve problems and do not limit our ideas because they sound silly or improbable or impractical. And I'm sure the creators of Airbnb face resistance to their ideas about renting a portion or the entire living spaces of a homeowner that they did not own for a profit rather than renting a hotel room. I'm sure that when they pitched to potential partners, they were laughed out of many boardrooms that that idea was preposterous, just as it was probably preposterous that someone would get into the car of a stranger and pay them money to take them from point A to point B. But how many of us are doing this on a regular basis as we're coming home from the airport on a business trip trying to get home? The owners of Uber and Lyft, they were able to creatively problem solve to find a niche and innovate of an area where this service was needed, but not yet exploited. And that right there to me is what it's all about. ID8 is looking at it and saying, let's just take all the ideas, the more wild, the better, because maybe those wild ideas will fix our problem. And many of us face mental locks as we begin this process. Von um uh, Von uh, purports, most of us have certain attitudes that lock our thinking into the status quo and keep us thinking more of the same. Here are some mental locks that we face every day. The right answer. There's always a right answer out there, right? And maybe this, we're seeking the right answer instead of looking at the right process. That can be a problem. Another one, that's not logical. We want as humans to be able to break apart and be able to put ideas together. And when it's not logical, we struggle with it because it doesn't seem possible. So we discount it just like the Uber idea. Follow the rules. We look at society and the construct of society and we feel like, "Mm, are we deviating too far from the rules of society? So then we hem back and try to follow the rules. Be practical. And this is largely driven by resources, support, the things that we need in order to make it happen that currently do not exist in the marketplace. Look at NFTs. And if you don't know what they are, my goodness, people are making gazillions off of NFTs, of digital um, art, where people are utilizing them as tokens. When someone came up with an NFT, they were not being practical. But... Bitcoin is the same, right? Play is frivolous. How many times have we heard that, especially in relation to um, children and how they learn that when we're being playful, we're being frivolous because we don't have time for that. That real learning is paper to pencil. Mm -mm. That's not my area, meaning I'm not an expert in it. So I better not dip my toe into that area. How many of us have been like that? Right where it holds us back. So this podcast, I can honestly say, when I first started this, I thought, I'm not a podcaster. I'm not a content creator. I don't know what I'm doing. But guess what? When you get over that, that's when you innovate and create. And that's when you evolve as a human being. Don't be foolish. That's another thing we often hear, that we're about to um, put all of our ideas into a nest egg, and we're going to hand them off to the world. And people who are fearful tell us, don't be foolish. That to do that, to put our ideas out there, is foolish because, once again, goes back to following those rules and being practical. Avoid ambiguity. What does that mean? That means don't try to think conceptually. Think practically. Think logically goes back to um, other ideas that we've previously talked about. The error is wrong, meaning that to make mistakes is bad. We need to always do things correctly. Well, isn't it through mistakes? That is how we learn, how we grow, uh, grow and evolve as human beings. So, ooh, I don't believe in that one. I'm not creative. Every person in... This world is creative in their own way. Some musically, some through code, some through graphs and mathematical equations. We're all creative in our own right. But when we come together with our lens of creativity, that's when magic sparks. To ideate, we need to get past these mental locks so we can truly see ourselves as problem solvers. It's at this moment you're free to ideate and innovate. So, how do we get rid of these mental locks? We must forget what we know and give up the ready made answers of the status quo and begin asking open ended questions. And one way that I begin this process of ideate is using the question formulation technique or the QFT by the Right Question Institute. Kimberly Mitchell the author of Experience Inquiry, Five Powerful Strategies, 50 Practical Experiences, frequently uses the QFT to get educators to ask a variety of questions in their practice. You can see this process in action. I'm going to um, connect um, on the description of this podcast a link from Harvard University and how they've leveraged the QFT into their practice. So what is this? QFT. Ultimately, the QFT goes through the process in response to a prompt or solving a problem. And this may help you to ideate some more open-ended solutions. You're creating questions of how you might possibly expand and explore. Now, this is a process of evaluation of categorization, and at first, you're just creating questions, creating ideas, and trying to explore, and then you get deeper, so the first thing that happens is that the teacher designs a question focus, that might be a statement or a quote, a visual, so a picture, you know, any type of visual, a video, a piece, uh, something that's auditory, sound or music, whatever it is. It might be an experience, role-playing, whatever. That's the teacher's job. That's the only thing that the teacher does. The next part is that the teacher provokes and provides some question prompts. That's it. But the students are doing the heavy lifting because that's when inquiry happens. The students produce questions in relation to the prompt. Then they go back and they improve their questions. They analyze what's open and what's closed. And we need closed questions. That's going to be our factual content. Then we improve our questions, right? We go through that process of looking at, hmm, are there any um, questions that, um, that second part of improving is how can we take some closed questions and turn them into open Then we prioritize, we're looking at our sea of questions and recognizing which ones are worthy of our research and going forward. Then we make decisions together, whether with um, as a team, uh, with pedagogical leadership, or from teacher to student. uh, What are the next steps with these questions? Where are we gonna explore next? Are we choosing not to explore? that right now that's not feasible or there's no interest, but they're good questions that we're gonna log for later or maybe they're not relevant right now. And then we reflect on the process. This right here is gonna help you to generate some really deep and wide um, questions that might help you to explore and unpack and get to the root of the issue that you're trying to explore. Woo-wee, that's a lot. But now that we've delved into what it means to ideate, go over to episode 82 to participate in the challenge. We're going to utilize Misty Patterson, um, 4As, which comes from her book, Pop-Up Studio. So I can't wait to um, examine and deepen your practice of ideate. See you soon, my friends.